Hey, everybody. Before we start the show today, I just want to mention our Be That Lawyer Live Coaches Corner coming up on April 7th at noon central time. We've got some amazing business development coaches joining me on a panel to answer your toughest business development marketing challenges. So please email me at steve at bretson.com. I'll add you to the invite list or I can send you the invite to the uh, Eventbrite. Thanks and enjoy the show. Obviously, having a good LinkedIn profile, having a good website profile, those are all important. Uh, you get to put your niches out there. We talked about this before. You know, the bitches are in the niches. You know, having that specialty is what you want to market. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am your host, Steve Fretzen. I'm so happy that you're with us today. This is a wonderful opportunity to spend some time working on your business instead of in your business. Every single week, twice a week, I'm trying to bring you guests and people that are going to really educate you on, on best practices and how to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. And today's no different. I've got an amazing uh, guest waiting in the wings. Stuart, how are you doing? Very good, Steve. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. We're going to come back to Stuart in a moment. Uh, again, if you're hearing about Fretson for the first time, and what I do every day is work with individual attorneys to dramatically grow their law practices. I either do that through a coaching and training program that takes about eight months, but Again, it allows attorneys to internalize how to do business development, all the things you never learned in law school, now taught as a process, as a system, something that you can make repeatable. And I also run five peer advisory groups. So if you're already a sophisticated lawyer, crushing it on the BD front, making it rain every day, but you feel like you're on an island and you want to collaborate with other successful attorneys from around the country, don't be shy about reaching out to me about that program. It's dynamite. And uh, you can just email me at steve at fretson.com, or you can use the contact form on my website. And that is all I have to say about that is a Forrest Gump quote, but that's not the quote of the show. Stuart was so kind to send me a quote from someone we both uh, high, uh, hold in high regard, and that is our friend Abraham Lincoln, who said, things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle, which I absolutely love. Stuart, welcome to the show. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that quote and why that was uh, the one you submitted to me today. Yeah, thanks very much, Steve. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting quote. Most people don't believe he really said that. I've never checked it multiple times. I think he did. Uh, but I think, you know, he was someone who recognized talent. Uh, you know, I think uh, fate favors the, the folks that are proactive. And I think this is what Lincoln was getting at. As a lawyer, you need to compete. There's, if you look at Martindale Humble, a listing of lawyers um, that's still recognized as the number one list, there's 1.7 million lawyers in the United States. To differentiate yourself, you need to hustle a little bit. You need yeah. to get out there and uh, be you know, proactive, number one, but also strategic. And I think your show and what you do in your business gives people a leg up how to be strategic with client development, which is something I'm very focused on because I place a lot of partners, uh, law firm partners, 
to do uh, practice group acquisitions and mergers. So you want to get a leg up in this business, you better follow Abraham Lincoln. He's not a bad guy to follow. Not a bad guy to follow. And Stuart uh, Tenhoor, you're the president of uh, Stuart Tenhoor Legal Search. And as you mentioned, you've been doing this for a long time. Is it 35 years? Is that the time frame on this? Yeah, it started in September 1988. Okay, back, be, back before it was cool to be in legal search. <laughs> I said back before it was cool to be in legal search. Well, when I started, I was beginning in the bits. I actually got let go by a law firm because they didn't think I was that into it, which I wasn't. <laughs> but they had this one guy who was very genial, very nice guy to let me know that. Yeah. And I wasn't surprised and I didn't care. I was like, thank God somebody took the pressure off my back. <laughs> I can do what I really want. Yeah. So anyway, his next door neighbor was a legal search consultant. And he goes, Hey, you should talk to Lee. So I had a meeting with Lee and after a half hour he goes, Have you ever thought about being a recruiter? I said, No, what I, I didn't even know recruiters exist until I heard about you. He goes, Oh yeah. So anyway, I didn't go with him. I checked out there was like maybe eight legal search firms in DC back in 1988, and there's probably 100 today. But I just interviewed a lot of folks and decided on one that I thought fit my uh, goals and objectives, and it was a good fit initially. And was that sort of your be that lawyer tipping point? Was that realization that you weren't that into the legal and that you wanted to, you know, get into something else and then stay in the stay in the space, but in a different capacity? Well, actually, to go back a, a step further, in 1987, I got diagnosed with a benign brain tumor. It's benign. I'm fine. But it was very large. It took 12 hours to take it out. And I woke up that next day thinking, wow, I could have died. And I would have never liked my career trajectory. It just didn't feel good. So I spent six months you know, trying to think about what I want to be. When I want to do, I tried some different professions. I did a lot of informational interviews. Many of you have probably heard that term. It's just a chance to talk to somebody and gather expertise and knowledge about something you might be interested in, and you, you kind of share it in an interactive process. So anyway, after six months and taking a six-week trip across the U.S. and into Canada, I came back and said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to change. Yeah. And uh, that, was, uh, that was that. Yeah, we have to consider, you know, everybody that we have really one shot at this thing called life and whether it's a tumor i was in a plane crash one of my good friends has a brain cancer right now and, and i saw him the other day and i just wanted to give him a big hug and then he's gonna you know he's a beast he's gonna battle but we just don't think about the future and we need to we need to realize that sometimes we you know complain about little things and we worry about little things and at the end of the day we gotta just we gotta stay focused on uh taking care of ourselves our health our businesses our families, things like that. And we don't always get wake-up calls at the right time, but we need, we need to have them. So really yeah, good I stuff. I think it's very important to find your calling, if you will. You know, what is it that you resonate with? And it's not easy. You know, whether you're, I was 33 at the time. You know, it's just not easy to do that, but you're going to put yourself out there, try different things, and then find the fit. Yeah, be a little self-reflective. And, you know, what, are, if you're unhappy... Are you unhappy because you're not enjoying what you're doing? And, and is that something you can change? Or is that something you need to just get out of altogether? And obviously, that's a big decision to make, especially if you've invested, you know, in a law degree and, you know, years learning the law to, to leave it is tricky. But sometimes that's just a sunk cost of, of life experience. But, you know, a lot of lawyers actually transition into other 
businesses and other roles like you did where having that legal background actually is a benefit. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too to look at what the elements of what you do well, what you love doing, and where do you find the Venn diagram where they all come together as much as possible. Wait, something funny. Oh, oh, sorry, Stuart, you go. Well, in my 10th 10th grade, my mom, who was an administrative assistant, said, you're going to learn how to type. And I was like, oh, come on, I'm not going to learn to type. She said, yes, you are. So I took the typing class, and I loved it. And I got finished, and my mom said, you know, at 80 words a minute, you type faster than half of my typing pool at my job. (laughs) I liked doing that. And then I worked on the Hill, my first job out of law school. So I was working with a U.S. senator. I was constantly on the phone building a Rolodex. We had to get bills passed. We had to testify in committees. I was always building that. And then, uh, you know, I I left that and, and became a lawyer in a law firm for a while and then switched. But the thing is that basically it, placing a person is just like getting a bill passed in the U.S. Congress. You got to build consensus. You got to get the facts. You got to be on both sides talking about it. And uh, then you have... You know, success when you get that bill passed or when somebody gets a new job. Yeah. And uh, I type real fast, so I, keep, I take good notes. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I think something that I wanted to get into, because you're not just a local recruiter off the street, you, you have figured out uh, not only to be an excellent recruiter, but also the importance of specialization. And I figured that out after teaching lawyers how to specialize for a number of years. I hadn't pulled the trigger myself, and I finally did. And I've never looked back and never thought twice about the decision. But I think uh, there's a lot of lawyers out there that are generalists in litigation, generalists in transaction, even in areas like estate planning where they're they're doing what everyone is doing. And that might be fine. And then there's other people that decide to take a deeper dive into specializing. And I wanted to hear your experience in specializing and why you feel that that's a good thing for you and maybe a good thing for lawyers. Yeah. Okay. I'll start with me and then I'll extrapolate to lawyers. So after 20 years in the business, I was uh, successful. I was placing people in a lot of different practice groups. I started to specialize a little bit more. And in 2008, for those of you that were practicing law or paying attention to the national news to some degree, there was a financial crisis. And Bear Stearns went down. A lot of companies went down. Law firms freaked out. And Latham and Watkins, an A-plus law firm, laid off 170 associates in one day. That was shocking, especially in my business. And I found about that later. I was kind of just thinking, thinking about it. And I was watching the news one night, and I realized half the advertisements were from, were from drug companies and food companies. And I was like, oh, wow. I said, gosh, that's kind of recession proof. We all need to eat. Man, we all take medication. Yeah, we sure do. So, yeah, I just thought I'm going to specialize in FDA. And I, again, I haven't looked back just like you. So I became active in that. I placed a lot of FD lawyers. I've certainly placed more than 50 now. And, you know, I try to be as present in that space as possible. I have, you know, hundreds, thousands of connections on LinkedIn. A lot of them are FDA lawyers. You know, I have a good uh, posting on LinkedIn that I do three, four times a week about often uh, issues that FD lawyers care about. Uh, There's a trade association I'm active in. So... It's worked out great for me. And uh, I still place other people. I can place anybody, but that's my focus. And I think to extrapolate to lawyers, sure. I would say I see that as well in lawyers. I think by the time you're a fifth year associate, 
you should probably have a pretty good idea. This is a subset I really like. And, you know, the internet world that we live in is fantastic for us. I mean, you can Google every person you're ever going to talk to and find out a lot of things about them, and they'll be impressed that you took the time to do it. So let's just say the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act is a really esoteric Washingtonian kind of practice. And I think lawyers, uh, some have decided to specialize in that. And, you know, that's their calling cup. I'm an expert in FCPA. Uh, in the FDA space, you're either like the drug lawyer, a device lawyer, or a food lawyer. Within drugs, you can specialize to the max. You can do drug compounding. You can do, uh, you know, all types of uh, pharmaceutical issues. Anyway, now, um, it's just, it depends on what brands you. And, uh, you know, it's, it might not be something that you initially love, but the more you work in it, the more you become an expert, the more gratifying I think it is when you have a, an area that you can talk about with your eyes closed. You, you just know it backwards and forwards. But one of the things you mentioned, Stuart, that really struck me was, and this is maybe how you got into it, how I got into it. You know, you mentioned something like seeing a lot of ads on TV, and this is something that you feel is recession-proof. It's not going anywhere. Let me jump in with both feet. You could say the same about medical marijuana when it was coming up. Now we can say the same thing about the um, magic mushrooms and what's happening with, with, with that space. That could be FDA, but that could also be, you know, it's a whole other subset of dealing with, with the legalization of, of pharmaceutical grade um, mushrooms and things like that. Yes. So I think it's just important to recognize or to share how important it is for lawyers to read the news, to think about ads, to think about like what's coming up the pike, pike as it relates to legal and, and business, you know, the world of legal and business, because that's where you might grab something that you're getting to maybe before everyone has already grabbed it. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Steve. I think that I read the Wall Street Journal every day. I read the Washington Post every day. I look at the New York Times frequently. Those have a lot of information. There's a lot of different, uh, there's Law 360 and other different publications that I review a lot. They'll give you uh, early uh, ideas, you know, things that are developing, what's on the forefront. I also think that lawyers typically know from their clients what's on the forefront. You know, they may have clients that are way ahead. I mean, Congress, and there's certainly Congressmen have gotten in trouble with this, but, you know, they're learning all kinds of intel every day as a congressman. You get tons of information. And, uh, you know, through that information flow, you can pick and choose what you gravitate towards. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about how Moneypenny is changing the game for lawyers who are losing business every day and may not even realize it. It's impossible to provide amazing client service when you have phone trees, voicemail jail, or untrained staff handling your phones. Every inbound call could be a new client to intake properly or an opportunity lost. With Moneypenny, it's all but insured. The call will be handled exactly the way you want it every time. To take immediate action on this, write down this email and start your free trial. It's svj at moneypenny.com and just mention my name in the subject line. With the help of Practice Panther, our office is more efficient than ever. We now provide an even higher level of service to our clients. I've collaborated with Practice Panther for years, and I'm always hearing from happy customers just like that one. Practice Panther wants to save you up to eight hours every week, and I want to save you money. 
all my listeners can get an exclusive discount, 50% off your first three months. Learn how your firm can boost productivity with automated workflows, custom intake, and native e-payments by visiting practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to discover more and claim this deal. Legalese Marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at LegalEaseMarketing.com. So, and, and you know, that it works so well. So like uh, in the story that some people have heard and most haven't, you know, I was in a I've mentioned I've been in a plane crash in 96. I broke both of my arms, so I had no arms, which is brutal if you, you know, not to, you know, discount any other injuries, but not having arms really sucks. And I remember my dad pushing a phone into my face and saying, talk to your lawyer, Bob. And in Chicago, everyone knows when you get in a plane crash and someone says, Bob, it's Bob Clifford. Okay. That's just, that's just a natural top aviation attorney, you know, in the country in Chicago, Illinois, for sure. And I'm talking about Clifford. I don't know Bob from a hole in the wall, but it just goes to show my father, the retired Larry, the lawyer, he didn't have to think about who the lawyer was that he was going to reach out to. There was only one lawyer that he was thinking about for his son, and that was Bob Clifford. So specialization and becoming known very well in a space is absolutely so critical. And, and I did the same thing when I, when you mentioned the 2008 recession. Well, that's when I started working with attorneys. Now, I had a little different take. I didn't see that that was something for me. What I did was I experienced that it was something for me because I worked with one, then two, then five, then 10, then a firm, then another. And it got to be the point where it just mirrored up so well where I'm teaching sales-free selling, non-salesy ways to grow business. Lawyers absolutely despise sales and selling and being sold to. So it was an absolute ideal fit. I just never knew that. I couldn't see that commercial on TV. So- once I got to the point where 80, 85% of my business was a particular you know, type of, of industry like legal, that's when I decided to specialize. So I'm, not, I'm just putting that out there that sometimes you see the writing on the wall, sometimes you don't. But if you're working in a space where you're realizing, hey, I work with restaurants really well, or I work with hospitals really well, or I work with you know, these kinds of multi-unit you know, buildings, and you're doing enough of it, you may want to decide to start marketing it. And that's really where I want to take this conversation, Stuart, is People decide they want to start specializing or they are already specializing. How do you then market yourself as a specialist? That's sort of the next progression. I want this conversation to go. I just as a quick sidebar, I love sales free selling that term. And just to be, this is interesting. My son for years, I said, you should be a salesman. You love to talk. You know, you're really good at it. He goes, no, that's manipulative. Yeah. That's not manipulative. I mean, selling is persuasion. You're, you're trying to help somebody figure out what they want. And if you've been doing it for a long time, you're good at it. Yeah. But my son now is a recruiter. Well, there you go. Well, we're going to have to recommend him to this book called Sales Free Selling, The Death of Sales and the Rise of a New Methodology, which is my first book. It's coming up on maybe 10 years at this point. I have to look up when it was actually written. And the goal is it's actually getting rid of the words like convince and persuade, anything that might mean that we have to talk someone into something and you but you said something spot on Stuart which was people need to be asked questions people need to be listened to people need to be empathized with and there needs to be a genuine understanding of their needs and what they're looking to do and if that's something that you can solve and you can find that perfect fit then let's move it forward 
And that's what I do with everyone I talk to. And if guess what? And if that's not a fit, you need something different than what I provide. You're not really that committed to solving the problem. Then we can go in a different direction, whether that's referring to someone else or just saying, look, you know, keep on what you're doing, but I'm not a good fit for you. And moving it to a no. And that's also a good thing because when we move someone to a no, that saves us time and effort and energy that we would be putting on somebody that really isn't a fit. And that's really what lawyers and you and I are need is we need that fit in order for us to be, to feel good about what we do and to know we're doing business with integrity. That's really what this sales free selling is all about. Yeah. Business with integrity. I like that. Business with integrity. Well, I got to trademark that. Okay. So, uh, but let's talk about the marketing piece. So you're a specialist. I'm a specialist. How are you marketing yourself? So everyone knows you're the FDA recruiter guy. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's no different than it is for lawyers. I start with a base expertise. I have uh, gotten recommendations from people that I've placed or law firms or uh, companies that I've found you know, the right fit for, the right lawyer. And uh, I ask them for a recommendation. And the key is to ask them right after they're the most happy with you. Because <laughs> two months later, they, they're like, yeah, I'm on to something else. They were great, but I don't have time. Yeah. So, you know, you get that, you get those recommendations, you put it on your LinkedIn. Obviously, having a good LinkedIn profile, having a good website profile, those are all important. Uh, you get to put your niches out there. We talked about this before. You know, the bitches are in the niches. You know, having that specialty is what you want to market. Um, yeah, anybody can be a good lawyer. There are plenty of good lawyers out there, excellent lawyers. But those that specialize are in the highest demand, like your example with uh, Bob in Chicago. Your dad knew Bob, yeah. but there's no Bob. He's got to go to. You want to be the go-to person for a subject area. That doesn't come overnight. I mean, it's about consistency of message. It's about, uh, you know, not giving up. Even if, you know, you spend a, a year working on that periodically, regularly, whenever you can, nothing comes in. Something might come in the second year or the third year. There's just no way of knowing. But uh, if you have a good plan, if you've uh, pressure tested with, with somebody like Steve, uh, you know, this makes sense. You've got to show up every day according to that plan. Yeah. I've got another great example. And, and sometimes it's utilizing your background too. So I have a, a client who's a former military guy, former firefighter, former cop, and he's a divorce attorney now. And he wasn't really leveraging that at all, meaning he was just meeting everybody that would come to him for a divorce, which is great. But why not leverage that background and in, in being a first responder? And we came up with a concept. He's branding it and he's really working at it diligently to help, you know, really differentiate himself from all the other family attorneys and focus on the military, the firefighters, the cops. There's a whole niche there of folks in the Chicagoland area that should be using this guy and would feel so comfortable talking to him because he has such a similar background. So whether it's your background, whether it's your expertise in and how you're educating people in your space, that's all going to help with marketing for sure. And how does that specialization, when you get to the point where you're known for it, how does that then benefit you not only in building a law practice, but then, you know, whether you want to go out on your own, whether you want to go portably and move and transition to take that from one firm to another. I mean, that, how does, are specialists easier to move portably than someone who's more of a generalist? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's certainly an important factor. Everybody, every lawyer that moves as a partner to another law firm these days has to fill out a letter of partner questionnaire. Basically, the key elements of it are, you know, what were your originations the last three years? What were your billings the last three years? Uh, that determines whether you're going to get an offer and what the offer is going to be. So the people that are easiest to move, for me, the, the lawyers that I see that are the most active and uh, engaged in their specialty, they're just knowing. Uh, there's nothing better than to, you know, be a lawyer that's interested in an opportunity you come in and you maybe meet two people that are interviewing you, and uh, wow, those, those folks are, um, they already know you. They've already heard about you. It's just like, wow, you know, they've heard about you and they're excited to meet you. Nothing better than that. With your clients, as a partner in a law firm, even associates. I, I worked with an associate in a $2 million practice fund. Highly unusual. But if you're a partner in a law firm, you have a significant practice, that you know, just your, the assurance that you build and your skills and your knowledge, you emanate that. You know, whether you're at the right conference, you know, speaking, a lot of lawyers say, I only go to a conference, so I'm going to be a speaker. That's not a bad rule. You know, you can line up speaking engagements based on your specialty. That's what gets the word out. It's a synergistic thing. The more places you speak, or the more articles you write on the topic, the more you get invited by clients that have those issues that you write about. I don't know. It's not rocket science. Well, that's what, I, that's what the book says behind me. Uh, legal business development isn't rocket science. FYI, available on Amazon, everybody, along with Sales Free Selling. So check that out. Little uh, internal commercial there right there, a steward for you. Okay. There you go. Ultimately, I think it sounds like there's two key elements to being highly portable if you decide that you're unhappy with your firm and you want to move or or you just you want to maybe merge into another firm. Number one is that ultimate you know book of business that you've got a portable book of business and relationships. The other is that if you're highly specialized in an area where there's a great need, you're going to be more highly desirable than someone that just can do just about you know just kind of be a that's not going to produce is going to be more of like a just a like an internal player, which is less meaningful maybe to a to a law firm. Well, yeah, I mean certainly the old adage that I heard about you know. Four years ago now, although my law school dean said, law is not a business. Probably turning it over in his brain. <laughs> now it's the business of law. So yeah, he was kind of way off on that. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, the the lawyers that, you know, shell, yeah, they just they just have that niche. Yeah. Well, listen, as we, as we wrap things up, uh, Stuart, I wanted to uh, just mention the game-changing book that you were so kind to submit. And I'm not going to say the S word, but it's, it's Get S Word Done by Jeffrey Gittimer. And um, tell, I, you know, Little Red Book of Selling, I mean, he's kind of a prolific writer for, you know, simply putting things down that people can follow. So what, what do you like about that book? Why is it the one you submitted to me? Uh, I'll tell you that in a minute. The little sidebar is, 35 years ago, just as I got into the legal search business, Jeffrey Gittimer spoke in a hotel near my office. So, you know, I signed up, paid my 100 bucks, whatever it was. There you go. And listened to it. Yeah. I thought, hey, this guy's got a lot of good ideas. So there was a reception that night. And in the uh, meeting, he had talked about he was a big football fan. He was from Philly. So I went home that night and I got my Sam Huff firm. Sam Huff played for the Eagles. He played for the Redskins. Anyway, it was a Philadelphia Eagle Sam Cup, Sam Huff card. Very difficult to get. 
So I met him and I said, here, I want to give you this. And he, he was blown away. He was like, oh, my oh, God. That's amazing. That's so nice of you. That's so helpful. Every time I wanted to get in touch with Jeff Ginnimer over the next 30 years, I just had to say, hey, remember that Sam Huffcard? Uh, and he'd always he'd take my call or he'd send me an email. Or he'd have somebody get back to me. By the way, Stuart, I heard recently that that card's worth $150,000. I'm not sure how you feel about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all water. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, I like his book because it, uh, you know, being uh, productive is the key to all of us professionals that are trying to get the most out of what we do. Yeah. And Gittimer has just a lot of different simple paradigms that he talks about, the things that he encourages you to do that result in you getting stuff done. You know, every day you get your your list done and more. You, you know how to be receptive. One of the points I like about it is don't make yourself too busy because you want to be able to receive when something good th- shows up on your radar screen. Yeah. You want to be able to jump on it. And a client called me late yesterday and said, hey, you know, we need this help. I jumped right on it. And uh, I'm hopeful that's going to come in. But anyway, I think, you know, Gimmer has a lot of good ideas. He's been in the sales field for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One of the first guys I read. Amazing. So, uh, Stuart, thank you so much. Just want to wrap up, I think, in our sponsors. We've got Practice Panther. We've got Legalese and Money Penny. You should have heard their, their kind of infomercials earlier in the show. They're fantastic sponsors for the show, and I just appreciate them. And thank you, Stuart, for being on the show. If people want to reach out to you and get in touch because they want to look, you know, look for you to help them with a placement or just to, to learn more about you, what, what's, the, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just StuartTenhor.com. I assume you see my name in the lower left-hand corner there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, StuartTenhor.com, that is my website. Even for people that I don't place, I have a website on there, a tab on um, networking. And, uh, yeah, because I can't place everybody I talk to when they're trying to be helpful. That networking tab is a result of being an expert witness in the Eastern District of Virginia, which they call the Rocket Docket. But anyway, I um, was an expert witness on behalf of a, a company that was defending itself against a lawsuit and asked me to evaluate you know, did this person really use everything at their disposal and have a solid, sensible effort to try to find a new job? Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. So, and we'll have all that information in the show notes as well. Stuart, thanks so much. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and talking a little bit about specialization and, you know, niches for riches and all that kind of fun stuff. I really uh, appreciate you just, you know, investing some time in, in helping my audience today. Well, Steve, I always love working with people from Chicago. My uncle was a judge in Chicago for 30 years. Okay. So you come to the Windy City? No, Windy City. I I grew up in Grand Rapids, so I was in Chicago a lot. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, very cool. And and listen, everybody, thank you for spending some time with Stuart and I today. You know, again, continuing to try to help you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. You know, keep listening to the show. You know, go on Amazon, grab some books, do whatever you can to Make sure you're staying on top of the legal business development, marketing, branding space. It's only going to make you uh, more placeable if you need, or just again, you know, live the best life you can live as a lawyer. So take care, everybody. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk again real soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer. 
life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.